you know, the pressure is on. I want you to know the t- there are some tough acts to follow. You know, I would have to be last. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Cameron obviously gave a phenomenal, and I, I really, I can honestly say, I do not use that word. I do not use that word. But a phenomenal message two weeks ago. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it on our website. It's amazing. And then last week we heard um, Pastor Karen's uh, message. And today it's my turn, so here we go. Um, and it really kind of like was daunting. And I was thinking, what would I truly say if I had only 30 minutes to really talk to the church? You know, I could do um, what really is it in a nutshell. I could say uh, John 3.16. I could do instead of 30 minutes, I could do it in 30 seconds. I could say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's enough. It really truly is, because that's the message of Jesus and salvation. But there's a lot more than I would say than that, to be honest. Uh, Way more than really what 30 minutes would even afford me. So first off today, what I want to spend the time doing, if you're here, and if you're here, I'm going to tell you I don't believe in coincidence. I do not. I believe that if you're here today, there's a reason why you're here. And I believe that it's God. Because there's so much more that goes on spiritual that we are never even aware of. So if you're here today, there's a reason you're here. And regardless why it is or what you're going through, you should do one thing every time you walk into a church. And you should say, God, what is it that you want me to get from this? Because it's not just going and listen to a message. It's like, what personally things do you want me to receive? That's what you should go into every church service with. So today, if you're here and you're listening uh, to me or, if, you know, in the future, you know, you're listening on the podcast because we obviously put our podcasts up. Um, I want to talk to you about the most important thing. And I want to talk to you what the most important thing has been to me, which is forgiveness from Jesus. I want to spend that time first talking to you because that is the most important. And there is nothing in your life that will be more meaningful than to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Nothing, 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 nothing. And uh, for those of you who've done that, you know that. You know that. You know what it means. You know, you can't even imagine going back to the life you once were living. I just, I can't. When I think of that person, it just breaks my heart because I wasn't aware. I didn't know what God offered to me at that time. You know, everything now pales in comparison. I remember putting on my youth uh, profile when I used to do it. It's, I, I described it as everything went from black and white to amazing color. And I think that's true. I think that's exactly what happened to me. I thought I was living, you know? And then I realized life was just so shallow. Deciding to follow Jesus is the most amazing, transforming, destiny-changing decision you will ever, ever make. And it was for me. Now, I apologize to you guys who've been here. In and out, you've heard my story. Youth, I promise, I'm sorry, because you guys have listened to me tell this story a billion times. But for me, it was February 28, 1993. For you, you may not have a date. To me, it was. I walked into a church, and I was lost, just lost, depressed, given up hope that there's no more, no more for me. I had everything on the outside looking good. I had the, you know... The two kids, I had the husband, I had the house, I had the car, I had the dog. I had everything look good. But I was unhappy. I just wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. So that night, 
I decided to walk into a church. I decided, okay, I'm going to go. My brother had been asking me forever. My brother told me some really heavy things, and I was freaked out by that because he told me, he says that, you know, if you were to die, you would not go to heaven. That was like, whoa, wow, really? So I was pretty, uh, pretty depressed when I walked in. But it was amazing because this message came forward talking about Jesus that I'd never really understood before. And I was like, wow, there was just something inside me that was just like, this is it. This is home. This is something real that I've always looked for. and didn't know I was even looking for it, but I was. And I walked down that aisle. Actually, I'll tell you, truthfully, I ran down that aisle. I ran. It was the first time in my life. I was crazy. I was just like, oh, my God, this is like for real. This is like, this is truth. This is something I've looked for. And I was just like so excited to get there and understand who Jesus was. I never get tired of telling about my decision to follow Christ. Because it is amazing for me. And you know why I don't get tired of telling it too? Because we're not supposed to. We're supposed to tell each other constantly our stories of our salvation, what God did for us. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not supposed to be up here just learning black and white words printed on a Bible. Yes, that's important. It's so important, but people want to see it, your life transformed in their lives, how they can relate. And they see that your life was a mess, and they turn around and look and say, wow, your life can change. So we're not supposed to get tired of telling our story. We're told in God's word to go and tell. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God instru- God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. Night and day. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. He did that for me. He did that for me. My past was a mess. You know, we all like to forget some of those parts of our past. You know, there's things that I did. I'm like, oh my goodness, I would never want them to be known. God knows them. But for other people, I wouldn't want just to know. There's those things that you hide deep inside your heart that you're like, please, I don't want them to come out. And you know, every one of those things that you did or you thought or you said, God forgives you. But it's unfortunate because many believers hide that story away from people. They hide it from their friends, their family, their coworkers, because we've come to accept what the world tells us, that that is personal, that's private, that's your decision, that's not my decision, and you're supposed to keep it to yourself. An unwritten rule in society, how many of you guys have heard it before? There's two things you never, ever talk about to people. Politics, religion, two things. But truly, both are windows into people's souls. And I've heard it said a long, long time ago, and I thought, this is so true. Politics is how you're going to live your life here on earth, but religion is how you will spend eternity. So both really are important, but they're divisive, aren't they? It's like, man, you start talking to somebody, you could have everything in common with them. Things are great. You love each other. And all of a sudden, you tell one person you're something in a political party, and they're not. And then before long, it's like, I knew there was something I didn't like about you. All along, that was it. But, you know, people have very definite opinions on both. Politics, man, they can destroy even the best of families. Families split apart. If, you, if you've been a certain political part of your whole life and somebody in your family decides to go to a different, you're out. And as far as religion goes, believe me, there's nothing more divisive 
That is, of course, if it has Jesus involved. Because some religions, it probably would make no difference. Like I said, it's Jesus that's the difference. But this really also shouldn't come as a surprise to us if we read the Bible. Jesus makes it clear that his message is a divisive one. It says in Matthew 10, 32 through 37, that everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to this earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Divisive message. Definitely not when you hear in society or even mainline churches a lot of times because they always say, oh, he's the prince of peace. He's peace. And we always talk about peace. We're going to come up on this season at Christmas time soon where it's going to be all about peace on earth. But the Bible says that true peace will only come when Jesus comes back. That's what it says. But this message of salvation and this thing that happens inside of our lives is a very divisive one because it really does set people against each other. So what happens instead of sharing it with others, we believe this lie that everybody tells us, like, don't say nothing about your faith. So we just learn to play nice, be quiet. And in doing so, what happens is we steal opportunities for those people who are looking for that light, that want that, because we're afraid to share it, so we don't share, and they don't know. And what happens out of that, too, is we disgust, absolutely disgust the God who created us and saved us. Obviously, it's true, right? Because he actually said, I just read it to you, anyone who denies me here on earth, I will deny before my Father in heaven. So obviously, if he takes it that serious, we should take it that serious. The fact that we won't speak up, we won't say our faith, we won't talk our truth, we just keep it quiet, those are sobering words. That's what God gave me this week. I was really praying, God, what would I say? And I'm going to tell you, truthfully, I wouldn't be speaking from this. If I had 30 minutes, I wouldn't be speaking from a piece of paper. I'd just be telling you my heart. But I also know I will ramble and I will say something I really don't, you know, don't want to say. I'm a woman. I do a lot of crazy talking. But, you know, the thing is, there's one thing when I was praying on Monday. I went and I was walking and I was reading my Bible and I thought, what is it that, God, that you would want me to say? If it was my last 30 minutes. And he gave me the words, sobering words. And I thought, interesting. So God wants me to tell sobering words to you. What's sobering? If you go out and you get on a you know, crazy bender, bender and you know, you're drinking and you know, all that craziness, you know, that you have to next day, you have to sober up. So you do what you can to sober up. To get your mind back where it needs to be, you know, you, you can function the way you're supposed to. And I think that's what God wanted me to do. I'm going to tell you what you need to be and what you need to get right so that you can get right on the right path and do what you're supposed to do. Jesus tells us we're the light of the world, and we are to let our light shine before all men so that, he's, that we will show everybody our good deeds, and that will lead them to the, to the Father in heaven. But instead, he, we do constantly what he tells us not to do. Instead of sharing it, we hide it. We do just what he says not to do. We hide our light under a basket. 
we keep it to ourselves. I would like to just say one thing to you, something that's very tough, and as women, we really struggle with this. Sometimes people will not like you. Deal with it. Get over it. I'm going to tell you, if you're a person, do you remember Sally Field all those years ago? She's like, you like me, when she finally won the award. You know, we have to get over the fact as Christians, we're not going to be liked. It's not going to happen. People are not going to like us. Matter of fact, they're going to meet you sometimes if you really are a true follower, and I say that because I'm going to go into that soon. Oh, my gosh. Um, But the thing is this. You know, people, if you are truly reflecting that light, they're not going to like you, and they're not even going to know why they don't like you because they don't follow Jesus. But if you're smart, you're going to know why. So it's important. It's important to understand that people aren't going to like you. And it's more important that people don't like you, but Jesus likes you. You know? That's what we need to worry about. Sadly, for most Christians, a lot of Christians, they're more concerned with what the world thinks of them than they are concerned about what God thinks of them. And my opinion on that is because people don't even have a story. I think they don't have anything to share. There's nothing there. You know, we do a series called Stories that tells about somebody coming into church and how life has changed for them. And sadly, I think what happens is many many Christians don't tell their story because they don't have one. They've never actually been forgiven by Jesus. I'm not saying you have to have a date and a time. God gave it to me, and I don't know why. But the thing is, you're going to have something that you can pull back on and say, wow, that's when I changed. That's when I noticed change has taken place in me. Also, the thing is, too, They can't speak out because you know what? They know deep down they're not living it. You know, if I'm not living it, how do I say it to people? Because I just look like a hypocrite. Basically what it is is just that, yeah, you are. You are a hypocrite. So it's time to get a story. I want to talk, though, today about sobering words, uh, about the Christians who don't live it. There's a Greek word that actually has the meaning um, Christian, uh, I can't say the word. I will tell you this. I can't say it. So. <laughs> but it actually means follower of Christ. What a Christian is is a follower of Christ. And a lot of people really, truly aren't following Jesus anywhere. They say that they're Christians, but they're not following him. Um, remember, you have to understand one thing, that Jesus describes himself as the way, doesn't he? And when you're lost, what's the thing? first thing that you look for? The way back. The way to get where you're going, that's what you look for. And Jesus clearly tells us he is the way. That's how he describes himself. And this was prophesied long before Jesus ever came to this earth. It was described for us in Isaiah 35.8. It says, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about it. He is the way. But for sure it is the road less traveled which is another sobering thought that I want to bring to you and share with you. Jesus' words from Matthew 7, 13, and 14. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Only a few will find it. Think about those words. Let them sink down into your heart. Only a few will find it. Those are Jesus' words. They're in the red. They're there. So how do you, how do you like, 
even bring that to mind when you see churches scattered across the United States or across the world that are filled with Christians. You guys all know what this means, right? When you say this, it means it's really not this. Christians, you know. It's like me, diet. <laughs> it doesn't happen, you know. It's just the way it is. It doesn't always happen. But today, in America, about 75% of adults identify themselves as Christians. 75%. So 75% are Christ followers. They say that they've entered into that narrow gate, and they know the way. It doesn't add up. Think about it. Someone has to be lying here. Someone has to be. And we know that Jesus is because he says he cannot tell a lie. He is the truth. So we know someone has to be lying. When you break it down and you start to see what's really going on, you can see that in evangelical churches, those are the churches that say it's important for them to share the message of Christ with others. The research actually shows that only 36% of those who attend actually believe that Jesus is the way to eternal life. And we wonder why the church has lost so much power. Why could possibly anybody want what we have? And we don't even have anything that we believe. There's a multitude of reasons why people, oh my gosh, do not, this is really tough, do not believe that. And there are all these reasons tick me off, they make me mad. Um, one, they sit in services every week and their ears are close to the truth that is being spoken to them. Two, they aren't being told the truth that Jesus is the way to eternal life. Or three, they aren't told or haven't read the Bible, which there are Bibles back for you free. You can take one anytime you want. Um, what the Bible says for themselves. They believe somebody else's theories and, and ideas of what the truth is when it's just all there for us to read. Or they don't go to the services and hear what their pastors have been given to them by God to share. And I'm not saying that so pastors are put up on a pedestal. I mean, I tell you, we don't even like try to use our titles here. We don't use pastor. Every now and then Cameron says it, and I still hate it. I'm Deb. I'm Deb. I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just a forgiven sinner. That's it. You know, but the thing is, God does give us something, and he tells us to share it with others. And when you're not here, you miss out. You miss out. And there's times of like right now, I know right off the bat, I can think of like five people and think, why aren't they here? They chose not to be here. So today they don't hear the truth about the way. They don't hear it. That's a big one. You know, and also another is they aren't willing to give up their lives for what Jesus offers. That's huge. For the most part, I believe that so many so-called believers, followers, have never actually even repented of their sins and denied themselves anything. Anything. They don't want to change, and Jesus demands us to change. We are not allowed to stay the same. You can come in to know Jesus as the rottenest, vilest, horriblest person, but we're not allowed to stay that way. We have to change. But for a lot of people, they love the world too much, and they don't want to let it go. Over and over and over again, I have met people who say that they want to follow Jesus, but then they don't give up anything. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. What happens out of that becomes a very distorted view of Christianity for themselves and also for others. What happens is they start to believe that Jesus forgave them of their sins. And they still try to do all the things that they did. And then then every day they do it, they do it, and then they think, okay, well, I just ask for forgiveness again. 
And then they do it the next day, and it's like, well, I'll just ask for forgiveness again. But they never understand the aspect of God's power. I have to stop. I'm just going to have to just wing it because there's no way I'm getting through this. The thing is, it's a lie from the devil. And now that sounds like freaky to people because you're like, the devil. It's like devil's real. Devil's really true, real. If there's God, there's Satan. If there's good, there's evil. That's how it works. But the thing is, what they do is they start to believe that they can just say the simple prayer after every time they do something wrong, and it just gets them out of the, gets them off the hook. But they never take into their mind the aspect of the fact that there's someday what's going to happen. Does that happen? Can we do that? Absolutely. We can do that over and over and over again, and Jesus will forgive us every time. But they don't understand the fact that one time after you do it so much, you don't desire to ask for forgiveness no more. See, Jesus will not let you go. You know when people say this, like, Jesus, is a, you know, he'll, you'll never be able to snatch out of his hand. That is absolute God's honest truth. You can never be snatched out of Jesus' hand. But you will let it go. He ain't going to let give up on you. In the middle of you doing what's right, he ain't going to give up. But the Bible says and makes it clear, it says those who endure to the end will be saved. It's up to us if we want to keep following it. It's up to us if we want to do it. The thing is, we don't realize. If you read the Bible, you realize that there's times throughout the Bible where all of a sudden people don't want anymore. And how they describe it is they said, Jesus hardens their heart. He doesn't let their hearts be receptive no more to ask for forgiveness. And then they're just let go. And he says, I'm done. I'm done with you. Now, if you really repent and you get back, can you get back? Yes. But what happens is people don't want to go back. They don't want to be there. If you look at Jesus like a road, one way, going to the way. The other, going the opposite way. You can't keep going on this road and think you're going to end up that way. It's just simple. It's not hard to think about you know, the thing is, Matthew 10, 38, 39 says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. The cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of suffering, death, shame, and ridicule, rejection, self-denial. Everything that he went through to offer us eternal security. But yet we don't share. But yet we don't speak up. Because why? We don't want to be ridiculed. We don't want to be offered the the same shame that Jesus went through to say that we're followers of Christ. We don't want to look crazy. We want to admit this stuff. It's cheap. It's cheap grace. What we've done is we've just made everything that Jesus did for us cheap. That's how I feel about it. Like I say, Jesus does love you, but he doesn't always love you the way that you are. And that's another lie. People are always like, well, Jesus loves me just the way I am. It's like, no, he wants to change you. He really, truly does. He wants to change you. People will eventually fall away from God if they keep doing things the way that they're doing them. They won't keep serving them. They won't be there. I'm going to tell you, it's a tough road. The way is hard. It is super hard to follow Jesus. It's not cheap. It's not easy. It's one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life is to stand up and tell people what I believe. Now, do I walk up and beat them in the head with it? No. I wait for opportunities to share who I am with them, and then I tell them. But I will tell you this. A lot of people, I'm going to tell you, this is another big one. I'm just going to throw it out there. 
what I really believe, if I had 30 minutes. Quit being weird as Christians. They're, we're just weird. Like Cameron says, we're all weird. Yeah, but you don't have to lead with weird. Let them get to know you and then see you're weird. It's okay. You know? Don't lead with it. Don't run out the bat. Be a freak. And then people are like, oh, I want nothing to do with that. You know, they get to know you. They can see your weird qualities. I am weird. I'll be the first to admit, I tell weird things. I do weird stuff. And you know what? I was like, I love God. I love God. And I really, that's what I really wanted to share because I'm thinking, you know what? I really want you to hear my heart. Because if I could tell you what it is, if I was, like Cameron said, if you were to drop dead, what would I want you to know? That everything I have done is true. All the sins I committed, true. God's offer of forgiveness, true. A new person, totally true. I'm a different person than I was before. God changed me. He has given me a fresh start. And you know what? I love him so much for that. I am just blown away by God's forgiveness. And what makes me sad is when I watch people come in and then they hear it and then they walk out. Because I'm like, no, 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 you didn't get it yet. And there's nothing worse than those people who've said that they've followed Jesus. They never lived it, never did it, never gave up sins, never accomplished anything for God, never really told anybody that they're serving Jesus. But then they sit there and talk to somebody later and they say, yeah, I used to do that. I used to believe her. I used to be a believer. I used to do all that stuff. It's like, you crap were. You crap were a believer. You didn't change. If you didn't change, you aren't a Christian. Because that means you are the follower of the way, which means you are heading on the same road that Jesus is heading. If you haven't changed, you're not going there. You're going there. It's not a good place. Very few will make it. Man, those are sobering words. Stop and think about it. Your family, your friends, all the people you come into contact with, do you ever stop and look at them and think, wow, how many of them are really going to make it? Definitely not what statistically is proven, you know, that there's all these people that say 75%. That's a majority. God says very few. That is a minority. Doesn't add up. I just want you to get it. I want to leave you with the idea of knowing that Jesus is real. Jesus is real. He loves you. He loves every single one of us. Doesn't love anybody better than another. I used to think that he loved me better. I really did. I did. I went through on that. I'm telling you, God just takes you on a journey. Some days you're thinking, I got it all figured out, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that. Whatever, what's I thinking? But God loves you. He knows what you've been through. He hasn't missed anything. Nothing you did in secret was ever hidden from him. He saw it all, and he still loves you. But he just wants you to change now. He says, take what I offer. You know what it is? Fresh cleansing. New life. New life. Today, if you have never accepted Jesus, come up and ask Jesus for him to change you, for forgiveness. And walk out of here a new creation. Not the same. Not just, to, you don't come up here and don't do it if you don't mean it. Mean it. Mean it with all your heart. If you don't, don't come up. The Bible says that too. It says count the costs. Don't say that you're going to follow them if you're not going to follow them. Because again, what is it again? Witnesses. Your witness is a joke when you don't mean it. And you tell people and then you go right back to it. That God's word describes it as a dog returns to his vomit. 
I love God. Those are like descriptive words that nobody hears. They just think that, you know, it's all this flowery. I love God's word. Read it. It just blows your mind. Just blows your mind. But start to read the Bible. Start to do those things that really matter. Come to hear from God. But not just on a weekly basis, for yourself. Read it every day. God wants to speak to you. He wants to show you love. And he wants to show you compassion. And he wants to show you the right way. That's all I have to say. And I'm a minute and 25 seconds early. I told Cameron it was going to be. But anyway, I do want to pray with you. And uh, we, can, we can pray with that. I want you to respond. I'm going to tell you, the Bible says one other thing. It says what happens with man a lot of times is we look in a mirror, we see our sins, we turn away, and we forget what we looked like. It's easier just to forget. And he says that's not what he wants you to do. So I want you to really think about it today. Don't just get up and walk out. You know, everyone does that. They, they come to church, they listen, they get off, and then they don't even think over it. Let this just wash over you. Think about what do you need? What is God showing you about this? And change. All right, well, I'm going to pray with you. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for um, your offer of Jesus, Lord. We're just thankful for our Heavenly Father that you love us so much, Lord, that you did send your Son. And, uh, Lord, I know that this world has cheapened that. Cheapened it by mocking it. Cheapened by saying that it doesn't matter, that it means no difference. And, Lord, obviously the witnesses that we've had have shown that a lot of people it has been no difference. The outside world, they see nothing. But, Lord, I just pray for each person that's here today. I pray that they would come to know you, really come to know you. Lord, I just pray that they are part of the few that will make it. I just pray, Father, that you would just guard them. Lord, put guardrails around them. Lord, help them to really get to your way. And I just pray, Father, that they would leave here different people today, Lord, that they would accept your gift of salvation. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and how you're going to help them to grow and change. And, uh, Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.